You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. But I actually really wasn't ready, you know, when he said get ready, because I didn't have my screen, uh, the other screen up. I just noticed that. But that's okay. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Chris Spangle Show. I'll be your host today. Um, I, my name is Harry Price. Uh, so my, many of you guys know me as the other guy that's on the show that says inappropriate jokes at inappropriate time. And they only get called on to when they need something weird about. Well, this today, we're going to talk about something weird and about one of my favorite subjects is called right to repair. Now, with me, I have brought a great panel of people to here to, to discuss and bring up and talk about this interesting and awesome subject. And, you know, with me, as always, on the, especially the Saturdays that, like, I get to control, I like to bring on my buddy, Reinhold. Reinhold, want to go introduce yourself? Good morning. Um, I'm glad to be here, uh, even though Chris is not. He's decided that he's, you know, got better things to do and, and everything. So, um yeah, we got a good topic to discuss this morning, and I'm um, looking forward to it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We we, we wish him the best to get over his sickness. Um, <laughs> um, he's going to make it through. Um, we give him all the um, – he's getting the top-tier uh, medical care that Wall can afford. Uh, so a get-well card and a – rest uh, in peace. <laughs> we bought you one package of pudding. <laughs> and you jumped the line and also with us here uh coming off of, of coming back from the third string off the bench bring we got vincent cooper we got to say hi hello yeah so like uh so like I, i'm bringing him on because all right so like the topic at hand right the the the, the major topic that what i brought to bring about is um the whole right to repair thing. The main reason I wanted to bring this up and talk about this subject is because it has been in the news a whole bunch. One, because of the, the pandemic, and it's something that's been going on also in Massachusetts this uh, this week, and it's also been, been brewing for the last, like, what is it, two years. Um, and it's, it is a subject that if you're in certain spaces that you know about this thing, and it's always like, when it, the bill gets introduced or anything, when we talk about it, it's a lot of people just dismiss it one because of its name, or they just don't understand. Like, what do you mean, right to pair? And I think even when I brought it up into the Slack chat, I think Sp Spangles' like response was repair what? And I was sitting at a light, watching the train go by, angry, yelling in my car, going, ah. <laughs> you talking about why could you do this and i'm sure all these people in my little small town just kept going like man that black man is angry <laughs> banging on the steering wheel couldn't think of what the type is <laughs> you know luckily reinhold responded back <laughs> with something i was just like oh man i'm so angry i had done the same thing when you brought it up to me in a chat earlier and said hey i'm gonna do a right to repair and i'm like repair what and i was like oh repair i was Oh, I'm slow. I'm slow. Like, you know, I was like, it was, it was it was within 30 seconds that I was able to go. Oh, that's what he's talking about. That's right. That's right. So, but because because you had just said something in the chat to me last time we talked. So it was the next thing on the list up mm -hmm. about working on something on uh, the cars. What we were talking about working on my car. Yeah. Um, because uh, coil springs are out and I have to replace them and everything else and. Mm -hmm. So that was the last thing we had in the chat. Then you said something I want to talk about right to repair it. I'm like, repair my car? What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> repair my car? That's no problem. And I I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I think we, I think we, uh, uh, that's a bill of another sort, like the right to repair, like the, the car that is left in someone's barn or yard that's just sitting there waiting for someone to fix on. <laughs> so, just, so I'm expecting, I'm expecting during the show, we're going to talk about repairing my car at the end, right? So that's, oh, yeah. that's totally right. <laughs> yeah, you definitely care. Yeah, we definitely can. And then, like, um, that up. yeah. And then on Friday night, uh, when we had all our walnut meetings at Nurat Triton Brewery, I was sitting there talking with Vincent Cooper, and he was just like, "Oh yeah," and he just started rambling off, and that's why I decided to bring him on because, like, ah, cool, someone else who actually knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> right. <laughs> yep. And I want to talk about what right to repair is, yeah, and I'm bearing the lead of talking about like we're trying to explain what it is, <laughs> but I will. <laughs> like, but the meeting I want to bring it is bring it up, have a discussion about it because. As a um, someone um, with like who's an anarchist who was liberty minded, I, I also have an issue with it because like what what we're doing with it, and that's the type of discussion with it because like because like, when I tell people like kind of for this legislation, they just kind of look at me like Harry, like, are you this is really what you want? I'm like, but you have to understand. Let me like it's it, this is a ugly box to discuss. But let's all right before I bury the lead too much. Um, let, 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 let's discuss what the heck right to repair is and why this Remember, is we need to explain it as if we're, we're explaining it to Chris, right? Cause he's going to be editing this. So we want to make sure that he gets it. So let's <laughs> like, he's a five-year-old. Let's go do that explanation. Okay. All right. So right to repair is basically at the addition of the thing is I think Lewis Rossman of the Rossman group has a good 10 minute video on explaining it is and i'm going to borrow some from his analogy because it is one of the best simplest analogy i've seen on the internet it's basically this because everyone has been in the situation well, at least if you've owned a car that you buy a car and it's out of warranty and it something breaks on your car you drive it to the dealership and the dealership said fine switch out this transmission it's going to be six thousand dollars right and you're just like well so, and then you take it to an, it like your independent like like uh, like an independent like uh, repair shop just take it to a regular like transmission shop and then you're like oh we can switch it out with a used one or rebuild it be around like three grand wow you save 50 percent just just going to something else right to repair saying that you have the ability to do that the and what's going on where we're noticing is a lot of uh, companies are trying to prevent you from doing that, that you have to go through them to repair. So it's not like you really own your device. You're basically just leasing it because you don't really own anything and you like it, <laughs> but we don't like it. We want to be able to own our things. Um, speaking of Lewis Rossman, like he has the famous video on where he was showing people how to take apart like what was wrong like the uh, famous one is the apple macbook on a fuse on the trackpad where if you spilled like water on it you could uh, this is how you uh, take it apart this is how you get to the fuse and this is how you fix it well apple set lawyers sent him a cease and desist like no they take this down this is intellectual property this is our thing take it down but but all he did was open up his macbook open up open a macbook showed people the board that they already wrote because if you own a macbook air you have the board you have the copy of the board you may not have and if you chose to sit down for a day and open a visio and draw it out like how the schematics are you know you didn't like you reverse engineer the schematics and taking you know taking trade secrets like they gave you the device so either you own this piece of device or you don't now this is how a lot of like tech people get into this right the um 
I can put it like a lot of people also like to deceive this whole right to repair thing, which I think like the I think the first time I really heard the rumblings of this. I don't know if anyone remembers back in the John Deere uh, like lawsuits. What is it like? Oh, close to six, seven, eight years ago uh, when people were buying some of the newer John Deere tractors and they John Deere was locking them out to be able to repair. In order to get your John Deere, like sensors would break or sensors would go down. It's a $3 sensor to replace and put it out, but you needed the John Deere software to open it up to tell it like, yes, you have a new, so- you have a new sensor re- reset. Now, most people in their cars understand this when they go to reset their, um, they change their oil, they change their own oil in the, in the driveway and the sensor still pops up like, hey, you need to change your oil. Like, I just did that. You have to have the special code reader or sometimes have to hit the special code to tell it to, um, yes, the oil has been has been flush. The dif- differential has been flushed. You know, if not the code, the warning keeps popping up or just stops the car from running. And that's what a lot of the, um, a lot of farmers were running into is that there's a fact that they were, they were stuck. They were like paused, like in the field. It's harvest time. They've got a, they got a small window of time, you know, where this tractor has to be on the field to harvest this grain because the moisture is correct. We have to get the seeds. We have to we have to start combining. And I can't go because this is down. I have to take it to the John Deere dealership. Well, what when is that? Well, it'll be seven days because everyone else is sitting there. It's like, well, cool. I'll just call an independent guy. You can't. You're just stuck. You're stuck. There's a million dollars worth of grain there, and you're stuck with your million with your three million dollar combine, and it can't move. Yeah, so sorry, I just got a little ranty there. <laughs> but the question is, is it really their three million dollar combine? Because what are you signing when you when you purchase these products? Like, let's say you buy, I'm going to go buy an Apple product, and you sign a terms of service when you buy that. You sign a contract. And in that contract, they're open and honest saying, you don't own this. We, you know, you can't do this. You can't do this. And you agree to this. Now, nobody reads those because that's the way human nature is. And that's the reason why my concern about all of this is much deeper than just whether or not you own your property or not. Because the reality is in this country, nobody owns anything anyway. The government can come take it whenever they want to. Therefore, it's really they own it. Um, but if we want to go down that path of, we think that private ownership of property is important, right? Mm-hmm. We also need to make, I think it's also a determining factor inside of libertarianism that we, um, make agreements with people. We have contracts with people and that's how we interact with them, right? Full and mm-hmm. open disclosures. We agree to this terms. We go on with our lives. So they're doing their part of saying, this is the way we want this to operate. When mm-hmm. you when you're buying it from us, you're not really fully buying it from us. Therefore, we have this still control left, and you're agreeing to this when you purchase it. Mm-hmm. Now, if nobody's going to read that and everybody's just going to expect that they can do whatever they want, how does that translate into other areas of our lives where we try to operate with each other in those kinds of um, agreement methods? Right. So we agree to this. We you agree to that. But if nobody's reading those terms of service and everybody's just assuming things going on, then we're going to have chaos. So how do we stop that chaos? How do we find a way to make things a certain way? And does that come and how do we enforce that as it were? So I'll, I'll, that's just the thinking going on in my head as we move forward with the discussion. Mm -hmm. So 
I'll let you guys. Uh, yeah. You said it was going to be there. ugly, and you just like just start like I'm going to make it uglier. All right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm just going to throw a whole bunch of uh, wasabi sauce and some jalapeno and <laughs> a little bit of pineapple. We're going to make this a, a pickle pi- uh, pizza right now. <laughs> Disgusting. All right, Vincent. How did you come to like the like the learn about right to repair? How did how did you come to it? Uh, more of the the big thing for me is that I end up having to to look into a lot of it. Uh, when I was in college and I didn't have a lot of money for a cell phone, and I got a cell phone, and it broke, and I tried to fix it, and and it was not going very well. <laughs> because anybody who tried to get to fix it, they're like, "Oh, we can't do that." It's like, why not? It's like, oh, that phone in particular, we don't have anything to fix that. He's like, but why? He's like, well, this phone is was a specific type of phone that came out at this time, and we you need a specific way to take the back off because it's super glued on there, and you have to heat gun it off, and you have to make sure you don't fry the circuits to get it off, and uh, yeah, you just take it to the dealership, and it's like, but I got this from Best Buy, and they're like, eh, whatever. So it's like, cool, now I just got to pay all this extra money to actually get this repaired instead of it being you know hey just take this off and fix them yeah 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 because like i think it was the era like that's the one of the like if you were into phones uh, like especially like android phones and and even apple phones for a little bit where like unlocking phones or like jailbreaking the phones was big to be putting people putting custom roms and everything else onto it to get the phones to do certain things you know granted like doing it on an apple one yeah you do break your EULA when you do that, you know, and with, when it came to all your Android phones, it's like, well, it's simple, like, well, it's a good phone. I bought it with, you know, market company B and, and I wanted to unlock it so I could bring in a, co- uh, a company C and the companies were trying to prevent you from even doing that with the, um, you know, you didn't need anything from them. You just needed to be able to do that. And that was a huge, massive court case that did eventually rule in the favor of the consumer. They're like, yes, it's your device. If you wanted to sit there, take the ROM on it and change it, you had full ability to do that. Um, I, I, and I see like what, uh, what Ryan was talking about the EULA because like, yeah, a lot of people do agree to it, but they'd always read it. It's the reason why in a lot of uh, corporate worlds where they tell you like, Hey, you just can't get software on your own. It's because legal and your IT department reads those EULAs to find out if they can actually use that software or they're using it correctly. And to make sure that if we invent something using said software, we don't owe the company that we used using your software that money. Cause we use this thing to help invent you. We don't owe you anything. You know, which some people are like that doesn't happen. It's like it does. There's a lot of times that like, people have developed things and realize like, cool, this thing works. Let's sell it. Like, well, we really can't sell it. Why? Because this thing that we used to build this thing or this piece of code that's in there, yeah, that's got a, a GNU license on it. So, so we got to keep it open. Like, well, son of a crap. You know. <laughs> yeah. it's and just- the other thing too I want to bring up is that it's we're looking at this from a consumer point of view, but mm-hmm. understand the reason why some companies are doing this is because they're trying to build reputations. Like Apple's trying to build a reputation that their devices are great and their devices work solid. And they're, you know, mm-hmm. and if you have an issue and you try to fix it yourself, you make it worse. And then you're going around telling everybody, oh, this, this Apple product is horrible. It sucks. You shouldn't buy it. So it's it's a way for them to try to manage um, the experience for the users who are using their products and services. And mm-hmm. if it wasn't tied there's so many things now that are tied into some of these devices where it's not just the device, it's the service that you get with it. That's important. 
And so to manage that experience, and you see that with, uh, you're seeing that now a lot with the the operating system people, you know, Microsoft and Apple, and mm-hmm. they're they're trying to manage that experience. Yeah. Um, so they're trying, so like Microsoft saying, we have, you have to update your OS every so often so you don't get hit with viruses every every other week and then complain to us that you're getting viruses even though we've given you the fix to do it you're not taking care of it and doing it yourself so that's the thinking behind a lot of the business moves to do this and there's also i'm sure various companies are doing doing it for more nefarious reasons to control and jack up the price on repair yeah of the uh, device, right on, that's on the other of, aspect on top of that there's something we'll definitely get into is with with the fact that that a lot of those companies do that there's this the sense of planned obsolescence where they purposely make a device that's that's going to break or or isn't going to be able to be used in the future without you being able to go to them and repair and pay extra to repair it even apple has even admitted that they slowed down their older phones because they want you to buy a new phone yeah yeah under yeah they're trying to go to the guys like well it's since it's an older phone we're trying to save your batteries from exploding you know, so we're going to bring it down to 80 to 60% of its original charge. You know? Right. And, and if I can just buy a new battery and replace it, then then why would they need to slow down my phone at that? Yeah. And and I see what Ryan Holland is, is saying, like, that, like to try to, to build that type of thing. But then you also get, like, a lot of pushback in the environment. Like, a lot of people think I hate EVs, electric vehicles, EVs, electric vehicles. No, no. I, I like I like them. What I dislike is that same phone mentality from the software being done to a car. I don't want my car locked down because of a piece of software. You know, I, I really like cars that are like mechanically like sound, and this is what they and this thing works on because the mechanical nature of your car. This is how this thing works. It, but if there's a piece of software that controls it, that software, that firmware, that chip goes down, you know, and that prevents me from using my car. And I can't. Oh, I have to get it fixed from the dealership, or have to spend ten thousand dollars. It really angers me, or they don't give me the tools to fix this. And this is why. This is where a lot of my Tesla hate comes from. I hate Tesla cars because for the longest time they prevented people, and still do prevent people, to repairing and fixing their own Teslas. If only from pushback when people realize that. Hey, you're gonna here. You get ready to be like an over to the ten year company, and a lot of these Teslas are gonna start hitting in junk yards because people can't get them fixed. Um, I think the last one that's got famous here recently is Hoovy's Garage. Hoovy's Hoovy's bought a Tesla. Uh, he bought one used. It wasn't a hoopty, you know. Hoovy's Garage is famous on buying hoopties. This one was not a hoopty. Uh, uh, Randall, do you want it to find a hoopty for for the people? <laughs> Um, I don't know how that'll explain it. I think it's just more of a a really junky old car that you can just slap together with bits and pieces, and it's no longer any real model. It's kind of like that old Johnny Cash song, uh, "One Piece at a Time." Mm-hmm. One piece kind of what a hoopty is. Yeah, it looks like you put it together with bubble gum and hope. Yeah, it's a 69, 70, 71, 72. <laughs> <laughs> Which we'd play that song, but we'd just shut down everywhere for copyright reasons. Probably gonna, I, just we might, that, we might already got hit just by I, saying that. I know saying that line <laughs> is probably already down. But um, and it's all right. We're like, it, so like it, so he's famous for buying these hoopty cars, but this one, like you know, this one isn't. And he went to the dealership and they quoted him thousands of dollars because and it said he needed a full battery place because he went to go to the charge and it dropped down to 50 mile range. And everyone knows if you have a car with a 50 mile range and needs like a full charge to get 50 miles each time, 
well, that EV's you worthless to you. You know, it's it's at you know you might as well like if I only get fifty miles, it's like okay, well, so the store, barely the store. If your store is closed and back, don't turn your air conditioning on. Don't turn the heat seater on. You know, don't turn your you know don't turn anything on. You know, drive the speed limit, please. You know, you get your- forbid you're in traffic in, in downtown of a, of a city too. Right, and if you want get people in electric vehicles, you have to be able to open up the used market so people can buy used cars. You know, like you and. And that doesn't because you can see like I want one of the BMW. Uh, what is it like? I, I love the BMW i8s and the i4s. I freaking love them. But it concerns me when I watch them. They're almost brand new. They're down to fourteen thousand dollars right now, and the price tag to fix the battery is ten thousand. It's just like, ooh. So it's not really a fourteen thousand dollar car if something happens to the battery. <laughs> so it's like, mm, because I'm not going to buy a brand new EV. That ain't happening, you know. Um, but like, you know, this is where my Tesla hate come from because Tesla blocked people from going it up. Now, because of the the un- I don't want to Massachusetts decided in 2015 to pass a bill for a, it's a right to repair automobile. So basically, stating that if you want to sell cars or sell motor vehicles in the state of Massachusetts, you have to allow these tools and schematics to be available. This was brought to a lot of people's attention by the famous YouTuber Rich Rebuilds, which if you aren't watching Rich Rebuilds and you like Tesla content, you're not, you're not getting the truth of Tesla. Like he promotes a lot of like, uh, he loves Tesla. He loves it to death, but he will tell you directly what's wrong with it. What's bad with it. He's, he's the guy who's famously rebuilt a Tesla called Dolores in his garage, you know, basically using basic hand tools. Like, well, this is too dangerous. Like doing it. He did it in his garage. It's just like, you have to, yes, it's electricity. You have to know what you're freaking doing. You can't just like, make sure you pull this or you don't die. Make sure you do this. Make sure this is a, like, this just has to be discharged. Right. And he, he did, he did all this work putting things together and having to get like hack software to get inside of it just so the, the computer can tell that, yep, this thing is correct. Or having to, like, he's like, if I had to pay $1,000 to take it to Tesla to get them to turn on, cool, let me re- use my car. But they prevent that a lot of that stuff from happening because like, they want to preserve the Tesla experience. It's like, we don't want someone to, to put a flooded Tesla back on the road. But it's like, this thing hasn't been flooded, barely gotten erect. And, but it's just a lot of, a lot of shops don't work on it. So a lot of the times, a lot of these Teslas get hit with salvage titles, but there's barely anything wrong with it just because the insurance company does can't really find a good shop to fix it for the price of the car. Cause it's hard for them to get parts. Because Teslas are still brand new, it is difficult to get their parts because they make all their stuff in-house. It's the main reason why you see Tesla starting to work with Ford and other companies because they, you know, as they're as they're becoming an aging company, they're realizing how hard it is to keep producing parts, especially in and keeping older models still on the road. You know, it's it's, it was, it's hmm? this isn't new either. I mean, we um, Ford and Chevy and all those companies had when they made their cars, they're making the the all the parts on the car and it was an aftermarket um, environment that cropped up to repair that stuff so that they didn't have complete control to say, okay, you need a new uh, brake caliper. It's going to be $2,000, right? So somebody can put that brake caliper and put it out for you to buy at at O'Reilly's or an auto Mm -hmm. auto zone or something for a fraction of that cost, right? They didn't want that to happen. I mean, the, the car companies didn't want that. They wanted their products in there because then you've got guaranteed and um, original products and you've got all this whole fight in the whole automobile system um, environment because of that. Mm-hmm. But it was something that was determined a long time ago that you had the right to do. You uh-huh. had the right to repair your own vehicle because you bought it. Mm-hmm. So 
they didn't think about this whole terms of service and EULA thing back in the day. If they had done that, we'd be talking about this 80 years ago. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the, and the, but that's also like the other thing is like the culture of the, of America has also changed. Like we used to be like a huge, and this is like, this is not even like, I'm going to just read like how it was. And this is not the, this is actually not even the boomers fault. I blame Gen X. This is Gen Xers fault. Um, <laughs> this repair yeah, meant ten- <laughs> your fault. <laughs> you guys killed Radio Shack. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I, we loved Radio Shack. I was Gen X. I grew up. I lived there. Trust me. It's it. I didn't kill Radio Shack. Radio Shack killed Radio yeah. Shack. And they stopped selling the radio parts where you could just go in and buy your own stuff and the transistors and all that stuff. That was that was them. Man, I used to miss going to Radio Shack. Anyway, sorry, I'm not going to reminisce about going into uh, uh, Radio Shack. Um, not sponsored because the dead, dead company basically. <laughs> been, been dead. I, I will take their money, but they're dead. Um, anyway, but, uh, anyways, the culture of like repair it's just it's a big thing. It's a big thing in America just for, for like people to repair things and fix things. You know, like people were proud, like, hey, I've got a 20 year old car, still fixing it up, just like your house. Like your house is 100 years old. People were fixing and building things like and even like old electronics, like old appliances, they would have schematics on the on the side of inside a lot of the older appliances on how to fix it, you know, and where to get and how to get parts. Some of the even service parts like, hey, hey, this washer goes out. It's this belt. This is this motor. You can get and and call this thing to, to get to get new parts or a lot of the parts are just general like parts like this is just a regular stator. Let's go to Radio Shack, get a stator motor, come back, get this thing up and running. Or this, or like I think I just did the one with like the stupid closed door sensor on um, my um, washing machine. I had to go fix that again. I couldn't fix it the way I'm used to fixing it by just putting a, just a toggle switch because he got a kid. I wanted to make sure the safety switch is still on there. <laughs> but I honestly was just going to go get a light switch and just click, 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 and just use the switch there because that's all the, the safety switch was for. Um, but it's, it's just to make sure the lid's closed. That's what the safety switch is for. But like these schematics were in the thing, so like the culture, like, like of in America, people would like would get something, hold on to it, fix it, and keep moving. And then people also had those like jobs of where they would actually fix things instead of just like, oh, this thing's broken, get new one, dispose, throw it away, get a new one. That's the thing is that the company started making products that were disposable. I mean, mm-hmm. you, you bought a you know a, a an appliance, and then you could get it fixed relatively cheaply. That was one thing, but now there's so much stuff inside of there. It's like with the cars, you've got all this computer stuff running things inside there, and it's it's difficult to do, and the parts are expensive. It's mm-hmm. almost cheaper just to say, ah, eh, just get rid of it and go buy a new one, because it, by the time you spend the money to fix it, and you pay a guy to do it, and Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera, you're running into over half of what the thing cost to begin with. You do that twice, and you could have just bought a new one and, and gotten rid of it and had a warranty. Now you don't. You know, with this, you don't have a warranty. So it used to be the mindset that we would fix it ourselves, and then mm-hmm. re- repairmen were you know a thing where they would specialize and and fix certain things. And then there's it became that there was just too many things anymore to worry about, mm-hmm. and and then the product started getting made in a way that's. Um, almost designed to fail in a certain way. So when things start failing on a product, it's, it's not the idea. I can fix that product and the thing will last another 10 years. It's like, Oh, that's gone. This other stuff's probably about to fall apart too, because of the way it's designed. Therefore this thing's about end of life, even though it may only be five, six years, you've had that product. Right. Um, 
that that goes into like the planned obsolescence stuff of when you create a product that is not meant to last that it, you're you're making it in a way that's going to degrade over time that way you don't get a chance to repair it because it's it's meant to fall apart at some point. so you have to buy a new one because well if we make if we purposely make it disposable and you have to get a new one later anyway then we don't have to try as hard to to make it make it more sturdy or durable or usable for a long period of time and, and if if the if society was wanting products to be more sturdy and, and last longer, it would happen. It's happened with cars. Cars used to last. You get to 100,000 miles on a car and you just go junk it because it's not going to work. You know, now they're doing warranties, drivetrain warranties for over 100,000 miles on these vehicles. They're lasting five, six hundred thousand miles. That was because people, consumers demanded it. Right. They started buying the cars that were given a better, better deal. Like a, our our drivetrain is a 40,000 mile warranty when everybody else is doing 20. Well, everybody started buying that car because they wanted that car to last longer because they wanted that product to be non-planned obsolescence. We just need to do that for everything else. When you've got the the way the market works now, like with phones, you just get a new phone every two years. And yeah. you're not buy, you, you're not in the mindset of I'm buying this phone. You're paying a monthly fee to pay for the phone, and then at the end of two years, you get a new one. But you end up you're still paying that fee. You're renting that phone. You're not buying it if that's the mindset you're going into with it. It's it, it honestly comes more down to a cultural mindset at this point. Is that because a lot of our culture now is all disposable? There's a lot of things that in general, so like a lot of the media is very disposable media that it's just quick, get your fill and get out. Nothing that's really, a lot of the things aren't really meant to have lasting impact a lot of the times as of right now, especially mm-hmm. with like Instagram and all the stuff that's like, and like Twitter and like fast, fast viewing things that our culture became a more disposable culture because we want instant gratification, but want to move on. It could be some of that. I think a lot of people also are afraid of repairs. I think a lot of times when I when I'm trying to help people out to go get a newer car for the car for themselves, well, they're, they're afraid of some cars. They're like, well, that car's over a hundred thousand miles, or I want to buy a brand new or newer car. This way, I don't have to worry about repairs. I'm like, you have to worry about repairs anyways. And the most of the things, the most expensive things to break on a car is just the engine and your transmission, right? The everything else, like it's it's very inexpensive if you fix it when it starts going bad and don't wait to the last minute. All, most of my cars are over a hundred thousand miles, and three of them are over hundred fifty thousand miles. You know, I only got one under hundred fifty thousand, and that's the rotary. You know, sorry, I don't drive it as much. Eight miles to the gallon, in especially in the Biden election. You know, <laughs> you know, but like I've got like I got a Subaru with over two hundred thousand miles on it, right? And I almost got a second one, almost to two hundred thousand. You know, it's gonna be awesome. You know, and it's this like, and there's like little parts that thick that break on it, but like if you know what you're, if you but I the reason why I stick with Super is because like the the designs of them the exterior always changes but the interiors the things that actually make the Subarus go they just stay the same they're like it's just basic underneath it I can sit there with basic hand tools and fix it just same way with Toyotas Toyotas uh, cars I feel like Toyota wants to see a twenty year hybrid on the road I really feel Toyota when they built the Prius has designed it to be there in twenty years. Now, granted, like not northern one, maybe a southern one. Like, the northern one's going to get rusted. 
It's just going to happen. They're going to be rust buckets. But like there's probably a Toyota Prius that's going to be on the road that's going to roll around on its 20th anniversary and just like sit there and, and drive around. And the reason how Toyota did it because it had a bulletproof um, uh, motor inside of it and the ability that the hybrid battery in it is designed to be replaced. Easy to get to, easy to be replaced, and easy to be replaced with aftermarket. That if Toyota, if you don't want to get a battery from Toyota, Toyota does not care that you went somewhere else to get that to get that battery for that hybrid motor. They don't care. They don't care. And they designed it such. The other like Tesla's like it's under, I get it. I get it. I understand why putting the battery underneath the car. It makes freaking sense because how heavy the batteries are, but it makes it very difficult to get to. It's very expensive. And now, but shops are popping up or making it in designing tools so they get to the batteries easier. Okay. That is happening, right? The market has spoken that people are going to get to these cars, but what they are not, but what they need is the sensors because a lot of the time the manufacturers put sensors in it. So when they sensors that you have disconnected or got into that system, it basically um, they destroy themselves. There are sensors inside of Apple products that once you hook something up to it, it has firmware in a fuse, so it just self detonates, erases itself. Like nope, nope. I, I have sensed that you have tried to get to this chip. Self-erase. All right. I'll just get another chip put in it. Nope. I've got firmware to know this serial number doesn't match up from that serial number from factory. I'm not going to work. And that's the most frustrating thing. And that's where a lot of people get with the right repair. They're going to be like, I'm not even asking you for anything. I just want to be able to take a part from another part from another part like that. And it just won't work. And it's and it's frustrating and annoying. And it, and and people are like, well, just buy another laptop, buy another laptop. Let's have some empathy for this person. Let's say this person didn't have like their family photos on this laptop, right? And they never backed up their their information, right? Should you? Yes, yes, you should. Three, two, one backups. You know, you know, you should have three, three, three different locations, three different locations, two different mediums, and one offsite. Okay, three, two, one. Do your backups. Okay, you know, I, you know. Uh, I'm not going to take the camera because like a NOS box over here. I got my NOS box out of my mom's house. Okay. Three, two, one. Okay. It's really easy. It's really easy. Trust me. It's going to be, it's going to hurt the first time you do it with your wallet. But once something dies, crashes, flood, you're just going to go, oh, meh, meh, and move on. Move on about your day. But anyway, so this person that we're going to have empathy about, it just lost family photos. It was like, well, how bad is it? I don't know. The first steps of your child, you know, the last photos with, uh, with you and your mom are on that laptop. And you can't get to it because Apple deemed that uh, that part died, so you can't get to it again. Here's a new, you know, we're going to charge you ninety percent of the cost just to get the laptop back on, but you have lost your data. That's the sickening thing about it because if they, that thing would just get this this fuse or a chip, it power on, it would work, and that's where the people's frustration comes into it. And before we go any further, um, I just have to bring this up. Did you say NOS box? Mm-hmm. Instead Nas. of Nas, 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 Nas. There's no O in it. It's not Nas, Nas. Nas. <laughs> Take a commercial break. Here. <laughs> <laughs> have a little chat during the break. <laughs> Maybe get the boxing gloves out. Yeah, fine, fine. Let me take a break. Let's take a break real quick. All right. Let's pick this fight back up. Anyway, so NAS box. <laughs> All right, let's define what NAS is. NAS or network attached storage. Okay. What's wrong with that right home? Got my NAS. Nah, my work sign. My sign. My sign box. Uh, you want to work? You want to play on my sign? 
so we should talk about why it's been right to repair has been brought up so much in present time okay all right that's fine all right do you want to all right so me too or do you want to oh you can do it yeah i'll let you okay so because of the pandemic and everything that's happening with the pandemic the right to repair came up a lot recently because the medical uh because the hospitals are having issues with their medical equipment not being able to repair them because they don't have the parts to repair them. So like the ventilators, especially with all the COVID, like they didn't have the things they needed to repair these ventilators to keep them back up and running to keep people alive. And the the right to repair has come back into big focus because they didn't they couldn't fix them fast enough to keep people alive. Because they had to get like certain parts from the manufacturer, and even got the part, even the firmware inside of that ventilator had to be like, uh, had to be uh, put into the know that it's got the correct part and it has the approved part for it. The and the reason why they were saying like they can't do this because there's like, well, these are trade secrets in some of these this firmware, this schematics, and it's the idea of the pseudo idea like we're protecting like trade secrets. Like your trade secrets are sitting in front of me. You know, if I had a team of people, I could like easily scour the schematic thing, know exactly how this thing works. And your trade secrets are out there. You know, if you're worried about a rival company knowing how your ventilator works, they simply just to buy one and and bring it inside, and they will know exactly how your thing works. You know, uh, so like it's a lot of companies do try to like prevent that, but like, but the, what the bill was trying to do, which was uh, what was like HR seventy five ninety six, it was it was talking about how. Um, they were going to just null and void <laughs> to, because of COVID. It was, it was just introduced, wasn't done anything, but the idea that they were just going to basically, uh, uh, well, great. Now, good, good. Thanks. Thanks. Uh, but like, it was just going to null and void the, uh, like their, uh, uh, like and they're basically the, the rights to like their entire board. It was no, what's no rights, but like the intellectual property. Like, nope, we're going to null and void that because people are dying. Now, this bill was introduced and it scared the pants out of them. So, like the lobbyists on that they're, they're going to pay millions of dollars to get to make sure like these rights repair bills like uh, don't go in place because some some like because I admit it. Like as you know, someone liberty minded, like it's like you're going to use the ring of power to force these companies to do these things. It's like okay, I I hate that. I hate that aspect of it. But what I really hate is companies who also use the ring of power to prevent people from doing such things. Like I'm going to make it so like I'm going to write make sure the copyright laws are lobbied to a way that you cannot share this information that you put for, which is freaking bull crap, you know, and bully and, and, and use lawfare to bully people. And so they don't think they have the ability to launch schematics or things that they found. You know, there's a lot of people who have Chilton manuals and law like manuals on how to rebuild cars. A lot of those did not come from the manufacturer. That is somebody. That is a company buying those cars, completely tearing them down, and telling you how to build it back up. Okay, you know, and you know, and it's and there's nothing they can do about it because, like, I, you know, I I took the car, I took it apart, I used the schematics and what I've learned from taking a brand new car apart and putting it back together and launching a book on it. Yeah, everyone knows those Haynes manuals. For, uh, I like cars, so I'm going to talk about cars, but get over it. But the Haynes manuals for the cars, you know. <laughs> but yes, yeah. So like you have, so you have people like in these medical fields, like that, like has the capability, the skills to put these, uh, to put a medical equipment back together. But if you don't have the firmware to get to it, or be able to reverse engineer to, to get everything to work on it, because that's just basically what Right to Pair is coming to is like, like I have the ability to 
if I own the device, I have the ability to do what I want and what I want with this thing. You know, I, I if I wanted to hack it, I could hack it. If I wanted to do something to it, I should have the ability to do something with that piece. Now, Reinhold does bring in that sticky thing, but like especially with Apple products, you sign the EULA on the device, like when you purchase this thing. And that's where like Macs get very sticky because their certificate of authenticity of their operating system is the hardware itself. <laughs> like, yeah, if you wanted to know that, like, well, there's a lot of things do this, by the way. Like, like the thing itself is its is its own license or is licensing your cell phone. You know, your own cell phone is a license, is a FCC license to communicate on that transmission. Yep. That's part of the part of buying a phone. You buy that. When you buy the GSM antenna that's inside your phone, you just bought yourself an FCC license. Granted, it's not under your name. It's for the, the ID of the phone, but that's how it is. So it's part of that whole EULA package that you won't go ahead and do that. Now, Apple doesn't prevent you from taking your MacBook and... Well, they try. They really do. They try to rent you from taking your MacBook and loading a different operating system on it. People find their ways around it, but they're not really going out. And so they go out of their way to prevent it, but they're not like taking people legal action. And that's the main thing that most people are worried about is companies going out and taking legal action to stopping people from that or from Apple. I like the, I'm going to bully Apple. I'm going to bully Apple a lot because they're bullies. Now, that's to say Lenovo isn't a bully. HP isn't a bully. Motorola isn't a bully. And Samsung isn't a bully. Okay. Right, I or yeah, yeah, all, all the old things and Dell. My, my, my only question is, why do you need a terabyte of hard of storage space on a cell phone? That's a, that's just my question. <laughs> I don't I don't know <laughs> why you need a terabyte of storage on a cell phone because it's a combo device now. It's not even just a phone anymore, right? So and and Apple did try to go after people for putting the, you know different software on their computers, but. Mm-hmm they got such backlash for it that they backed off. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but that was something they tried to do. Yeah. So it's, it's definitely something that the companies are trying to do a lot more control. And now when I grew up, as we're going to go back into the back in my day series portion of the pro uh, the, of the show back in my day, um, before I was born I to, or probably. Um, so <laughs> I would tear apart, I would tear apart old TVs uh, that weren't working anymore and try and get them working again. Just, for fun, like I was 11 years old, 12 years old, just fitting around in the back of a big tube TV with all that, all the capacitors that have to run those cathode ray tubes. I'm sitting there with screwdrivers, put touching things together and having all kinds of fun. I actually got some, some, some TVs to work that way, but I would always take apart like my first cassette player or my first you know, E-Track player. I would take them apart, see how they worked and then put them back together again. Right. And that was how I grew up learning how these things functioned. And I think that's an important skill to have for people to have, but nobody does that much anymore. And those who do end up running afoul of all these right to repair, because you can't take the stuff apart. You take stuff apart, you void the warranty, you do this, you do that too. Right. Um, Now I will admit that every time I put something back together again, there was always a screw or a piece here missing that I couldn't figure out where it was supposed to go originally. Um, so we just tossed it. But uh, at least I was learning how those things work. And I think that led me into you know, my profession later on where I was actually working on you know, electronic equipment and being an electronics technician and being a reactor operator. And just from there, that all came about because I was teaching myself as a kid how 
mechanically these things work and electronically these things work right so i i hate to lose that too for for you know I, we used to work on cars you could get into a wheel uh into the the car engine area and work on the cars and everything was accessible you didn't have things hidden behind five different other systems in front of it and packed in there so tight that you couldn't get to anything um we work on cars all the time that way we figure out how they work that way mm-hmm. and i think it's too daunting now because of the complexities of pe- that the the people who make these products are putting into it to try to make it do more things of the planned obsolescence that's in some of this stuff you know that and just in the wanting to protect themselves all these combination of things is making it to where that mentality is going away from our society that's my fear now i sound like an old man get off my lawn but that's what i see you know it's so that's that's kind of thing i'm worried about is if we don't do something soon about these um fighting back against this concept that you don't really own your products and you can do this stuff on it. I think we're going to lose out on a lot of that going forward. Right. Yeah. I, I see what you're saying because yeah, I was one of the guys who also grew up, you know, like uh, in the late eighties, early nineties, um, you know, be able to take things apart and put it together. You know, granted I didn't do TVs because, you know, when I was growing up, TVs were like, but I don't know, like, it was harder to take there was many fixable parts in the you know the tvs of my era but like when it came to computers electronics tape recorders you could take these apart they had screws and stuff into it i could take this thing apart and figure it out you know like i could take this you know i could figure out how to build it and put a that desktop together and put it together even laptops they were had daughter cards that could go together with cables you know is something you could take on but like what we're going into is these day and age is like com- laptop manufacturers like the Pentelope screwdriver of Apple, like where they d- designed a different screw so you couldn't take your Mac apart, you know? Or we're going to glue this thing together be on the guise of trying to make this thing waterproof. Like, what makes it waterproof now? We're sealing the battery. The battery is a, like, is it is a part that's going to wear down. So you're sealing it behind glue and self-destructive screws. So if anyone try to get in there to take this battery out and replace it, they really can't put it back together again. And then you're going to show something with the firmware. So if once it detects a new different battery, it just shuts itself off. And you're right. We're losing these good paying jobs of repair technicians because people buy expensive products and wants them to repair to get things or get them to get one good, one more season out of it, get something to fix out of it, or just get something like getting data off it. And there is a whole crop of, you know, people who are mechanically inclined that they're not getting they won't be able to get that that pull to go into that type of field and they'll end up getting some a, a different job there's probably some kids you know that's 16 18 right now that always wants to work on computers that could probably would be an amazing computer technician but their house is full of apple computers that they can't touch they can't really get into you know and then what that that kid goes and starts working on you know like it just takes a basic retail job you know be, just issuing at, in and out like Apple machines. Like, here you go. Here's your Apple machine. Here's your Apple machine. And used to think that if you just became like a certified uh, like repair person for Apple or for the Lenovo, they'll allow you to uh, like get these parts, but not even that. If you be even come a certified in order to stay a certified like reseller of uh, a certified like a repair person of a lot of these companies, you're forced to sell $20,000 worth of equipment to them. Usually I've just said a number could be any number, whatever that your contract says. So you're supposed to sell this number about. So if you're supposed to sell this for some number, 
you know, how you're going to like, uh, like, where's your incentive to like repair? You know, so you're not, you know, you need, you know, so you don't hire the the 18 year old kid that can figure out repair thing. You hire the kid who can sell things. You know, so it's just, you know, and then and then like, and that's like, and so they're just hawking laptops. And most people who goes to buy a laptop, they're in the market to buy laptops. So that sell, so that especially a single laptop, so they're not having it. Like the sales skill is not like high, so they could easily find one and pay in peanuts. You know, they're not be able to get a living wage that way. And there's there's another issue that comes along with all of this, that the more and more these companies have control over the products and can stop you from doing certain things to these products and chips are now available to start recording things. We now have phone devices. We have automobiles. We have lots of different equipment that can have chips in it and do have chips in it to track you that mm-hmm. you aren't allowed to turn off right mm-hmm. that's a big problem because now you don't have privacy you don't like if you're driving a car you know yeah and the police are chasing you hey, they can shut your car down yeah. if the chips in there and the right it's the right age and everything else they could do that Mm-hmm. OnStar can do that now for a lot of different OnStar vehicles, but that stuff's going to be in every vehicle. Um, I was actually talking to a lawyer yesterday on a specific process problem that I have, in, and on his wall, I was looking at some details for another um, case of some sort, and it had a listed on there. Um, here are the GP- GPS stops that this car made at a certain time. So th- this is all coming up in <laughs> in all of this. Uh, to be used in courts uh, for forcing things and spying on you and and having all that information. Everybody's worried about getting a tracker put into them for a vaccine. They don't need to do that. We have everything. They they have everything they could possibly want. And you're not allowed to turn it off. You're not allowed to mask it. You're not allowed to fight it. All right. So that's another issue I think needs to be brought up in this is that we're losing a lot of our our rights, our private property rights. We're losing our, our um, privacy rights. Everything, all this stuff is happening because we want ease of use and keeping things out of our heads that we don't have to worry about. We just take it back to the store. They fix it. Right. Yeah. The ease of use. It just connects. It just works. It's auto magically. Well, that auto magic comes with a cost, you know, you know, it's, and it's, and a lot of people are getting ready to like experience this too, which here in a few years, like because of the whole, um, the, everyone's talking about Wi-Fi six version six and AX was like, Oh yeah, it's going to be really cool. But that IOT turd device that you bought that's sitting over there, that's on like old AC or some old end network. It's going to slip. It's going to slow all your networks down anyways. Good luck. Good luck. You won't even notice your speed. Why? Because you got some old turd IoT device that on there. That some crappy IoT turd that the startup went to poop last year, and now you can't get updates. Now it's just a big security vulnerability on your network. Congrats. But it's running Linux, and technically it should be able to update, but you can't get inside of it because they don't want you inside of it to fix it or do anything with it because it's just a pocket full of sensors. Sorry, that's the jaded. It, uh, IoT stands for Internet of Things, or as I, or as they're properly called, um, Internet of Targets. Okay, because yeah, that's all there are—just big targets on the network. You know? Yeah, you get your 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 refrigerators now. Your stoves have mm-hmm. all have stuff in it. The Wi-Fi connection, and they can order. You can uh, have your have your refrigerator detect that you're out of certain product and just 
dial Amazon and have it delivered, you know, through the market system. I mean, that's all convenience and it's cool, Mm -hmm. but it's not, there's issues that are involved in that in order for that to happen. So those are, those are the things the problem I have though is I think we ought to talk about is how, how are we, how do we fix it? How do we, how do we get to a point or do we to get that that right back? And and uh, I don't know if you guys have any thoughts on that on, on how we how we kind of resolve this issue that we we've detailed, I think what the issue is, fairly well. But what's the solution? Yeah. <laughs> well, personally, I hate the idea of like this whole like legislation thing. But it's more of like I like the idea of the right repair bills being written on a way that it gives us our freedom to repair back. You know, I think calling it right to repair does put off a lot of people who are like right leaning or um, in the Liberty space was like, you don't technically have a right to repair. It's company's correct. It was like, okay, again, it's more of like a privilege to repair, but, or like you have the ability to allow, you are allowed to repair this thing, but that sounds awful on a t-shirt. Okay. You know, I really can't put that on a sign. It doesn't get that jingoistic thing to be able to chant anywhere. Okay. You know, so we get that. We understand that, you know, it's not like, it's not going to be up there with the 10 commandments and the bell of rights. And thou should have the right to repair their 68 El Camino that's parked in their car in the, in the driveway. Sorry. 78. Yeah. You know, it's, but should we, but should we not though? I mean, should we be able to say if you're conferring ownership of a product or mm-hmm. a piece of property from one person to another, you can't send attachments or retainers along with that. If if you're giving ownership over, you have to completely give ownership over. Do we want to have that mindset in our rights as as human beings? And we have a right to property. If we have a right to property, we should have a right to full ownership of the property, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We shouldn't. We shouldn't be able. They shouldn't be able to um, have have conditions based off of that ownership. Otherwise, that's not ownership. That's leasing. That's renting. That's not technically ownership. So, is it a mindset change to go down that path and say this is a right? that we should be protecting and and for, for the people or is it something we just want to codify in the law in the legal system in the tort system to protect that right as it were yeah i think the idea of like protecting that right to just saying that you own when you own a piece of property you actually own it because if it's stated that you were actually leasing or basically leasing it then you are sort of owed something in return for this lease you know, like if I'm leasing it to you, then you have to give something else. And when does this lease expire? Because a contract without an expiration date is an invalid contract. It must have an end date. It can't be indefinite. Indefinite contracts get thrown out all the time. Like so when does that's why your NDAs have like has a set end date or your non-competes have end dates. You know, you're like, well, nope, you're leaving this company, you can't poach for the next infinity. Doesn't work. They don't work like that. Those get thrown out. But if you say you can't poach, you can't go talk, you know, can't pull any from your former company for one year, two years, depending on what year it is, those are valid contracts. And I think something like that is like, you know, that's it needs to be able to be protected because you're right. Yeah. If I actually own it's like if I sold my house and then I make sure they signed the EULA, like, yes, you get the house, but the house stays blue. What? Yep. Sorry. Right there in EULA, house stays blue. Or more appropriate, I'm selling you the house. The house is yours, but I have the right to have this camera in the bedroom. Oh, 
yes. monitoring your activity. Mm-hmm. You know, this, I mean, this house is yours. That's but... kind of what we're doing, yeah. isn't it? I mean, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yep, yep. And if anything breaks, you must use my repair company. Mm-hmm. But it, but it's my house. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, it, it's your house. But anything breaks in here, like that galvanized piping that is probably that's seventy years old. It's going to start. It's going to start busting here shortly. You have to use my my company, my plumbing company, to fix it. Yeah, it's your house, but technically my name is still on the front of it. It's your house, though. My name's on it, though. But, but it's yours. <laughs> and if anything goes wrong in there, you have to pay me to make it better because because my name's on it. It's really important that uh, I'm the one who deals. with Oh, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, that garage door that you could easily fix with like, with like buying a new pulley. No, you have to come to me, and I have to go buy a specific garage door pulley to fix that. Yeah. I want to keep but, people but, to have my, experience. My, my name's on. Because my yeah. name's on the house, and it's the, it's about the experience of people seeing my name on the house. Being my houses are good houses. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. I think like I think right now, like I think you're right. It's the and the ability to stop that. The idea that like one thing is like when Apple like also prevents a company to have exclusive rights to a chip. Um, that where where it gets murky, and I get that. You know, like I you could signing exclusivity contracts with chip manufacturers, so you cannot sell a different chip to, to other people, so you can't get things fixed. I don't know how we deal with that. Which is egregious. It's terrible. It's awful. Uh, but that's an exclusive contract. I hate it. I hate it, and I, I, and I don't think. But like the, but I, I, it's a contract, and I don't know really like that. That gets also gets in the murky area there. You know, like right. this is a. Here, here's the thing, though. So a lot of people get into this whole area of space in the anarchist movement and in, in the libertarian movements where contracts right we have contracts and covenants that we can agree to certain things but at some point you have to come to the realization that you can't sign away your rights Hmm. you know there's certain inalienable rights that you have that you cannot just sign away if one of those rights is private property and property ownership Mm -hmm. then you can't you know you can't put conditions on the transfer of property Right. So I think that's where a lot of thinking in my head comes from is that we should be looking at that aspect mm-hmm. in in trying to think of a way to resolve these issues as opposed to we just need more government regulation to to say whether this is good or bad. Right. Right, I mean, right now, we've got government is making things worse in the, all of these spaces. Right. Because the government's now saying, okay, we can we can take that information that you've got that you're able to spy on these people. We're going to take that now. And you need to keep that in place. In order for you to get a the FTC license for your phone it, to, to make phones, which the fact that the government can limit entry into the market by limiting who can make phones and who can't, right? Mm-hmm. On top of that, they're putting constrict, constrictions on that and requirements that they do certain things, which then gets them away from certain legal aspects right so now they're spying on us they don't have to worry about it um and they can control everything so do we want more government regulation fighting against that to try and balance that out or do we go to a more uh, base mindset of saying that ownership is an inalienable right that has to be protected yeah i think you get better better um thought processes with that than you do um 
like you, you have a right to life too, and your right to to your own personal body. Therefore, you can't sign away your right, you know, as in a in an indentured slavery indentured slavery type of thing. Um, so those things aren't possible. You can't do that because that's your inalienable right, and it's something we we you know hold very dear. I think we can move that into this concept and have that be part of it as opposed to, like I said, just a bunch of different new government regulations, which is going to be worse. Yeah. You know, it's not going to fix it. It never does. Oh yeah. Yeah. Never fix it. Yeah. And, um, and, and before someone goes like, but Reinhold, can't you just vote with your dollars and just use the market to do this? Yeah, you can. Um, how's that working? <laughs> well, you see, the uh, government has also restricted it. <laughs> but, the whole problem with all this, and this is the thing that gets me, is that there are so many people who are against socialism and communism because, and, and I agree with them, we shouldn't you know, do any of that stuff. But they're against it because it goes against the basic notion of human nature, mm-hmm. right? Because people want to, want to um, do their own thing. They don't want to be told what to do. It, human nature just says this isn't going to work. There's always going to be outliers. It's the same in this space, right? In the libertarian space, you have to understand human nature in order to see how this stuff is going to work and not work. And if human nature is, you know, we're not going to, you know, we don't want full ownership of this, or we want somebody to take care of us or protect us. Trying to implement something that violates or goes against that isn't going to work. Right. So we have to figure out how this works around the idea of how humans actually think and feel now society will change which changes all of that as we move forward and we want to see those changes progress in a way that make uh, the best sense for a individual liberty and an enlightenment side of things but unless people are moving that direction and changing human nature in a societal means um it's going to chafe against the concepts that they're trying to, to operate within. Does that make sense? What I'm saying? Yes. And I'm kind of glad I actually had this conversation with you. Cause like I said, this thing was like a murky thing that I kept like battling with myself with, you know, and, and I and enjoy like the idea, like it, it's the, I got to put this like the, cause I, just like I, I, I could easily like talk and tell everyone like my rationale is like why like communism and socialism is, is like it is like is wrong and like bad and upsetting and why it won't work. Like I, these I can give these kind of like concrete reasons why, not because like it's just some big bad. I just show you like I, I just like it for this reason. Like, and and the, but when it came to like to repair, I'm just like stuck. Like I know this is wrong, but I can't get the words out i don't I, and i just wanted to be able to like bring up a topic discuss it openly and just be able to like to take this ugly muddy subject no judgment let's talk let's battle it out and let's try and battle the solutions and i think like reinhold you came up with the best one yes the government steps in to protect this right of ownership you know like if you're you can't sign this indefinite contract you can't manipulate this thing if i'm actually owning the product i own the product and if you want to sign this leasing mentality then you have to you know there's got to be some give and take with that like cool i can't get this part then you must always supply me with this part indefinitely Right. And, and there's, there's been things like that. Like you go, you, you used to buy, um, you used to, you buy cable service, right? You get cable mm-hmm. service, you'd rent the box from them. 
It was never yours. You didn't own it. So there was no conference of ownership of that box. So yeah, they could come in and say, you know, you can't do this on it or you can't do that on it. But if it broke down, they had to come fix it mm -hmm. for free. They mm -hmm. couldn't charge you for it. Right. So, right. cause it's their box, not your box. Mm -hmm. So if we keep that mindset to say, if you own it, it's yours completely out. No, you, you can't have tires ties back to it, or you can rent and lease. And then you can have that. You're not getting ownership of it anymore. We have to kind of make that line in the sand judgment yeah. on these things in order to move forward. I think in the world that we're living in uh, as complex as it's starting to get. Right. So that, that's just how I see things. And I could be completely wrong. And I'm sure a lot of people will tell me that I'm wrong, but that's just kind of how I view it. So. Yeah. They're wrong. Um, yeah. Yeah. Because like, like also, so like the difference between software as a services, some people talk about like that is that uh, you're paying the subscription fee, you're paying them, but you're also constantly getting updates and bug fixes from that. Now I may hate software as a service you know, because I like to own my software, but at least with like, I do, I pay for some SaaS stuff. Sure do. I sure do. Okay. You know, and be, be do, do, actually Netflix is technically a SaaS. It's entertainment as a service. Okay. Right? I'm paying to be entertained every month and I push a button and I get entertained. You know, do I try to pull away from that me that me method and buy um, we'll go back into like the idea like you know, like do I actually own like a yeah, that it gets in a I don't know, man, I, I don't want to bring this up because I want to be here for another hour, but I was gonna talk about DVDs and movies and music and actually ownership of that. Ooh, yeah, that's a whole <laughs> that, that, other that's a different that's a different episode. <laughs> that's a different episode. That, that's the ownership so, episode. This is right to repair still. Let's Napster it. Let's go. <laughs> we have to we'll put that one on the back. If you guys want to have that message, you know, in this a bug spangle, tell them like, yeah, let's do it up, do an episode on that. We can will will that. Lars be available to, to be a part of it? Oh man! Just man. bugging for the Napster episode. We'll be, we'll be, we'll know what we're talking about. You the Napster episode, oh, man. It's just oof, oof, oof. But anyways, we're, we're, yeah. But it's like, oh man, I, yeah. Like I said, we'll be here for another hour if we talk about that thing. All right. So, um, I think, like, I think to me, I think we fashioned it out. Like we came up, we defined what it was. Talked about the dystopian future uh, uh, to the aspect of this thing kept going and what we could progress to, and and I think Ryan will walk us through and a great idea for a solution to this thing. I, I, I I'm yeah. content at where we are. Yeah. I think for for an hour discussion of a complex societal issue mm -hmm. that really needs about years and years of of study and figuring out the intricacies and in, in what's involved. Yeah. I think in an hour we did a pretty good job of, yeah. of summarizing the issue and the solution, the possible solution. Yeah. But there's, there's obviously going to be other people with different um, solutions in mind and things that they might want to bring up. So let us know what those are yeah. and have a conversation about it. We, we oh, yeah. love to have the conversations. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Vincent, do you want anything you want to wrap up or say before we end the episode? Mostly that, the hopefully that we can get past this disposable aspect of our of society as of right now because it feels like a lot of the people that don't want to invest in that disposable society feel kind of out like out of sorts like even where like where i work i know people at that at my job that are literally five ten years younger than me who who don't know anything about how to fix simple computer issues it's like 
oh, uh, how do I fix wh- how big my screen is? Like, is do this. And they're like, oh, I didn't know that. And it's like, you've had computers since you were five years old. <laughs> like, you were born after 9-11. How do you not know any of this? <laughs> and it's one of those things of being somebody who knows how to troubleshoot and wants to troubleshoot and knows how to fix things. So that way, we, that way I don't have to get something new every time. It becomes one of those things that when you see all these other people that would just rather throw it away and then get something new, it's frustrating. <laughs> and, and the fact that our, a large portion of our society is now dedicated to that kind of approach and how, how quickly people forget about a lot of things and how, we, how things don't get talked about anymore because, because the next big thing showed up and we we're going to talk about that instead. It's just kind of, it feels like it's all connected to just how our society is in general. I feel like that's a completely different. Uh, all right. Uh, I'm going to answer a comment. Elastic Giraffe just said, isn't Windows 11 getting rid of Control-Alt-Delete to access the task manager? First off, uh, you shouldn't use control delete to access the task manager. Control shift escape, sir or madam. Uh, I'm sorry if I assumed your gender. That's a giraffe. Giraffe. Yeah. yeah, giraffe. Just control shift escape. You're welcome. <laughs> Rhinel, do you want to bring anything up? You want to wrap anything up? Um, Keyboard shortcuts. I think we're. I think we're good on. On everything, I, I do want to like say I, we talked a little bit more about the Napster issue, and I think there's a whole other conversation that we'd love to get into on whether you own. So if, let's you own something, right? But you can't make copies of you know you own a refrigerator, you can't just make copies of a refrigerator and go give them to people, right? So that's kind of that mindset. If we start thinking about into the the intellectual property and Napster issue and everything else we want to talk about, mm-hmm. I am all for having that conversation. Again, I don't think that's one we can have now because we don't have the time and we don't want to uh, torture everybody with a four hour podcast, which I know we can do because we have done it <laughs> several times. Especially about IP and how it affects mm-hmm. all across the world well, on top of that. So yeah, let's 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 put a pin mm-hmm. in that conversation. And hopefully we've we've got a good basis to go off of from this that we can slide into some of these other conversations in a much more detailed manner. That's fine. That's fine. Yeah. I'd like to do yeah, we maybe we should do that episode that just opened up to the whole wall network. Like people tag in, tag out, six hour show, people just tagging in and tagging out. Like I'm tagging Tony and I'm out. <laughs> we did we did a we did a um election episode like that, didn't we? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A bunch of people come in, it was like six hours long, but yeah. Oof. I don't think we're gonna do that again anytime soon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It would be cool. Yeah. I would yeah. be all for it, but the powers that be, yeah, you know. All right. Life now, so. <laughs> All right. So like the uh, I'm gonna lead you guys with some other resources if you find like you really are into and want to learn more about right to repair or the other different things that we probably didn't talk about, or because it may affect the or if it affects your industry that you're in, like get out, make some noise about it. You see anything going around it, join some of the circuits because like uh if you want to know more information about either even companies that go for it, Lewis Rossman on Lewis Rossman Group, he's the famous guy who puts a lot builds a lot of uh teaches people how to fix their Apple products because Spangle keeps buying them and people keep breaking them. Don't know why. 
God. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can go there. He talks about a lot of things about right to repair. He is not a libertarian, but he 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 just cares about right to repair, and I respect him for that. You know, so. <laughs> so um, the uh, um, also a couple of businesses that you may want to like partake in if you're looking like I fix it. Um, I was great. I buy a lot of different I fix it parts. I buy like to buy electronics and check out how I fix it rates them on their fixability scare and on how do you actually fix this thing? Is it actually repairable? I fix it is you know is my place that is my go to place to find that information out. Like is this thing repairable or even to get tools to fix different certain things? You know when I. Uh, took this MacBook over here of the side and had to refix this entire keyboard. Um, I fixed this where I went to to get the tools, the parts, and everything. I'm like, they're not sponsoring. This is not a sponsoring ad. This is just, I'm just good place resources. Also, um, laptop company, if you want something that supports um, right to repair, System76. There, it's a uh, Colorado Linux manufacturer. They will build you a laptop or a desktop that is designed to be repaired, refixed, and to be tinkered with. If you open it up the laptop and add more RAM or switch the OS or do anything else inside of it, it then voids your warranty. System76 wants you to get inside. If you want to open it up, add more RAM to it because you only bought 8 gigs from them and you wanted to throw your 64 in yourself, that's perfectly fine. They're happy with that. They're happy for you to do that. That's, uh, yeah, I guess, yeah, so. Yeah, just wanted to give people resources out there so they can try to get themselves away from that. Um, oh man, I was going, man, I'm going to talk about Napster than getting to Steam games. Like, do you really own oh your Steam games? Okay. Oh, God. But before we do all that, I wanted also to thank everyone to listening to the uh, to, to the Chris Spangle Show. You could listen to any other podcast in the world, but you decided to listen to this one. And that I want to say thank you. So have a good day, everybody. Thanks for listening. All right, that's the episode. I think the person, I think producer uh, Spangle has stepped away. He is either coughing, hasn't ended it. I mean, it's just, it's, do we just sit here, just keep recording? Just, uh, I don't hear uh, uh, Reinhold's audio anymore. That's because I muted it. No, we should probably just keep talking for a little bit until he decides to come along and end it so we can have something to tag on for uh, Patreon people. Oh, like, 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 like this, because usually, or, all right, so it was the. You get the get it without ads, then that was a big deal. Now we don't do that. Yeah. So like, uh, so everybody, you know, who's listening or still listening to the live show, like, yes, when we would end the show, we would go to the green room and they would keep going. Okay. <laughs> Sometimes that happens. Sometimes we, we would like keep, a half an hour later. Yeah, <laughs> we keep going and just keep. Talking. Especially if we have a good guest and we want to keep talking with them. Yeah. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah. Oh, today we just have Vincent, so it's not as big. Yeah. Deal, but... Yeah. No. <laughs> it's no big deal. <laughs> It's fine. It's fine. Um, like, um, oh, uh, but like, I'm sure also people who are like users on Twitch has probably seen us start doing our gaming stream. I started gaming yeah. streaming back this week. Um, I'm not going to, the room is a mess right now because I got out of the gym and undressed right here. So there's a lot of mm. um, stank draws for you for me going to hot yoga and uh, I'm working out. But I have finally set up the whole room so i can easily walk in here hit stream the gaming server is over here the minecraft server is almost hooked up on the sucker you know i got my cloudflare account it's a low balancer so we can play minecraft on this thing we started playing borderlands the pre-sequel last week this week was yep. uh, on tuesday night so like if we could probably convince reinhold to download some borderlands and play with us <laughs> I'm not going I, I want to go I, it's going to take me a lot to go back to paladins i'm going to be i'm going to be very F-A. realistic F-A. yeah F-A. I, I, I miss it sometimes, and that new Corvus skin is really nice. Um, uh, 
But then you remember the characters that are in the game, and you're just like, I just don't want to play anymore. Because Yagaroth exists, and you're just like, I'm done. But it's yeah. But I got the I got the space set up. Um, I don't have like the, the table set up so we can sit there at the bottom and get Dude. everything out, you know, and and then um, and and um, you know, basically sit here and like have like the big gaming stream room is like I like there's a big push for me like I want to go back into streaming and that's another reason why I started to do like some of these Wednesdays like episodes back over is for the simple fact that I want to get back my chops back up to. Um, <laughs> just reading a skull just comment on Twitch. No, mm-hmm. no, 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 no. I don't say, I don't sell stank draws. <laughs> okay, you don't sell those. Any yeah, give me bath water. Oh yeah, I do sell gamer bro bath water. Okay, all right. See now, okay. now gaming streams that stuff. That's what I would thrive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I prefer just, gaming streams. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I kind of want to like I said like I want to like I want to create some more culture content. I finally got my mm-hmm. sister and my brother Tag to come in. I want to do a whole episode uh, coming up um, talking about like some of their community um, efforts that they've done here in the city of Annapolis. And I really nice. want to bring them on and talk about that because like I think um, one is like when we tell people to help the community to go out in the public. Like, what does the heck does that mean? Now, do I agree of everything that my sister has done? Heck no, I think the gun buy- buyback program was a waste of time, a waste of money. <laughs> but she felt good about doing it, and she got the community to come together and talk and get people there and get people out there and trying to help clean up the east side of Indianapolis. More power to you. You know, I'm not going to sit there and criticize and go, poo-poo, you shouldn't do this thing because I'm not the one out there doing it. You do right. that, I support you, go. I will Tell me what I need to help you, you know? And I wanted to go, like, how, how it all started. She got into that program. So that's going to be up and coming episode. It's going to be fun. I would be really down to do again an episode about parasocial relationships, especially now with how a lot of people, how the digital world is now, especially how a lot of people like latch on to streamers and like assume that like they're their friends because they're watching the stream all the time. And it's doing those things of like, well, I paid you money, so do the thing I said to you, you to do. And if you don't do it this way, I'm going to harass you and try to go to your house for no reason. Oof. Or, or Oof. like why? Why there's a lot of that's why the people like uh, the the VTubers and stuff don't have to really try extra hard to hide their identities because people will dox them and try to leak leak their identities out because because uh, they're not the people they think they are. Um, it can even go into like the idol culture in Japan and how that how the idol culture is the most disgusting parasocial relationship I've ever seen. Did you know in Japan, if if your favorite idol graduates, you get time off work to grieve? Okay. So there is actually a lot here. I, this yeah. seems, I'm just confused. Because <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, in Japan, there's a whole idol culture, which is basically like they're pop stars, but it's like corporately built. So they have like 20 girls in this group. And once you get too old, they make you graduate, i.e. leave the group. Mm-hmm. And if your favorite idol graduates, you get bereavement leave from work. All right, so like it this. is it is K, it is K-pop. I mean, you got J-pop, J-pop. Oh, J-pop. you're talking about J-pop instead of K-pop. Yeah, right. K-pop. It's it's basically the same thing, but their yeah. culture isn't as obsessed with the idols. Uh, 
she so the the so Japanese group that I've been following that I've been posting on the Discord, like you say you might mm-hmm. lose some of them. That's that stinks. Oh no, the they they're they're much more smaller if it's a bigger corporation, mm-hmm. like like, girl, corp- like girls generation or something. Mm-hmm. Like when they get to like a certain age, they graduate. Mm-hmm. They graduate and they leave so they can bring a younger girl in to start building her up through the grinds. Okay. All right. And like it's a thing that happens a lot in the idol groups, and that actually happened. Literally, Hollow Live had a VTuber graduate because they didn't want that VTuber to that they they wanted to retire that VTuber, so they graduated. Ah man, I, I man, now can I wish a you know. I sink money they, by they the are new bands and not men bands, right? So there's a right. reason why they graduate them out. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, boy, but like the idol culture is the idol culture is crazy, and then the the K-pop, like the K-pop culture is a completely different monster of like men who were able to they they were able to find the location of one of the K-pop singers by looking at a picture that she took. And use the reflection of her eye to to geographically locate where she was where she was at, so he could find where she was. Yes, that is a real thing that happened. <laughs> that's only in TV shows. You say <laughs> that. <laughs> uh, that's not talking about when somebody tried to. Try to give a, a, a K-pop singer that was in the rival band uh, a drink that had super glue in it to seal their mouth shut. <laughs> Sounds like mom. Dude, parasocial, re- here, yeah. <laughs> parasocial relationships with a lot of certain things are insane. And you, you I mean, don't think there's fans, a lot like... to talk about, but there's a lot to talk about. <laughs> I don't yeah, I don't talk it, like questions. It's just like it's just like, but what? <laughs> yeah, like like stand like we when in our culture we call them stands. They they pick their bias of the one person they like. And if you <laughs> go against that person they like, they're like, Well, f- well, I hope you die in a fire. They're they're the first to jump on like like there are so many like literally uh, band warfare of the fans of different bands and for K-pop fans, it's like it's a whole thing. It's a mess. Yeah, uh, College Applause uh, says it's almost as fun as the world's greatest capture the flag game with Shia LaBeouf. Yeah, that is true. That is yeah, true. that that the, the yeah, yeah, he will not divide us. The capture the flag game that was amazing. <laughs> that united the internet. It was Pink <laughs> said he stopped it, but that united people together. Yeah, really. Like he thought it wasn't, but that was. People were working together on the common cause. It was almost like a ARG, which we should right. probably talk about ARGs one time also too. That'll be fun. I, I, I like ARGs. No, you were in ARGs. I like ARGs. That makes Very sense good. though. It makes sense. Yeah, you. Yeah, it makes sense. I, 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 ARGs. I, I like following it after it happens, so they tell me all the lore parts of it because I love lore. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, here's, yeah, we we completed the ARG. Here's the four-hour video about what happened in the ARG, and it's like, I'm gonna be listening to this at work. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. 
The uh, VTuber audience is probably a bunch of 4chan users in Anonymous. They know how to scratch for information. Some <laughs> of them do. Yeah, most people like who are in Anonymous have uh, like that the original Anonymous group. Um, if it was a group, or the people of that, or have uh, been busted or in jail. Uh, and <laughs> thanks to Occupy Wall Street, they've all been. Most of them have been busted. Uh, that's what happens when you have someone get into the chat room with bad upsec, and then that person starts writing out people. So, damn. Yeah, I'll yeah. post that link, the, uh, that that thing in the Discord. Yep, yeah, Halo did one. Um, uh, Gravity Falls did a good ARG though for the mm-hmm, defined build. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I only recently started to get into like uh, like ARGs because um, like someone was like asking me like, "Hey, can I help me build one?" I'm like, "Sounds fun." Uh, I don't know, forgot the time, um, and then like I, you know, even though I keep watching, they are very interesting. Yeah, I just don't know if I'm like smart enough to get a lot of these clues, but the idea they have to work together to get everything. Oh yeah, there's there's a lot of interesting ones, a lot of weird ideas. Uh, then there's the then there's the ARG that's like that game theory did for Omega Mart, mm-hmm. which is literally a physical location in Nevada. Mm-hmm. That is such a massive ARG that they they took the ARG aspect of it and mm-hmm. then turned it into aspects that are inside the store. Like there's like a dimension to another world inside one of the refrigerators in the store. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's it's insane. Oh my god! Oh my god! All right, yeah. So may have to do it. ARG episode. <laughs> Since we're not, you know, just pointing out that there's a show coming out. The wheel. Check out. Yeah, it's called the wheel. Wheel of time. So. Just saying, is it a reboot? Nineteenth. Oh, not a reboot. It's a, it's a, it's a new TV series based off of a probably the number two selling fantasy series of all time uh, by Robert Jordan, and uh, fourteen books, four point four million words, twenty eight hundred named characters, ninety point of views. They're going to try and compress all that into eight seasons. What? It starts November nineteenth. I've been reading those books since they first came out in 1990. It was the first ep- first issue of the first book. Hmm. And what I've been reading them since like mid-90s. Yeah, yeah. So it's I, older I than me. I didn't get into the Wheel of Time. I'm not that... I didn't get, didn't get into that. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's no probably idea. one of the best written, most expansive story. It's 14 books, 4.4 million words, one story. It's not like a story and then they come back Three years later, this happens in the next book. No, this is one long story. <laughs> it's fifteen books, Reinhold. Uh, there's a there's a prequel that's not necessary for for the story. It's it's a it's it's basically a, a new spring is a story that was written after the fifth book to kind of um, show the background of one of the characters. So it was like a the fill in the before plot. This happened. Yeah, the fill in so, the plot. Gotcha. Yeah. So it's not it's not a it's not a necessary thing to watch to read, but the the journey is incredible. So yeah, well I, I went to, from uh, YA novels like uh, Animorphs, and then when I stopped reading all the Animorph series, I started reading um technical Cisco books. <laughs> uh, 
And I got very annoyed when I had English class. Like, you need to read this for class. I was just like, but I wanted to read this thick technical manual on routers. <laughs> you know, it was that kid, though. Um, yeah. I did finish, like, uh, I did read Johnny Got His Gun. I didn't want to at first, but my English teacher showed me uh, Metallica 1. And uh, he's like, well, if you really want to know what happens, you got to read this book. But yes. Um, I will put it on the ye old watch list for uh, uh, for the Amazon thing. Um, yeah, you, you see, you see, I, I went from like reading normal books and then I became a weeb, so mm. I started reading manga instead. So <laughs> it's, it's manga. And Electric Draft says that Sanderson wrote the book on magic systems. Mm, might disagree a little bit. Robert Jordan wrote the book on magic systems. Brandon Sanderson was a huge fan of that system. And when he was pegged to finish the series, because Robert Jordan passed away after the 11th book, they brought in um, Brandon Sanderson, who was a huge, the reason he got into writing was because of the wheel of time books, right? He, he started reading them when he was a teenager. He became a fantasy author himself and was doing very well. And then, um, Robert Jordan's wife called him and said, Hey, would you finish these, this last book for us? Which turned into three books because it was so huge. Um, so my yeah, God, what are you talking about? You nerds waiting for you to end the stream. <laughs> <laughs> well, are you guys, you? It was like, we're just going to keep talking for a while. I, I was cleaning my carpets. <clears throat> <laughs> uh, as you can hear, I've got COVID. I'm, I literally do. Um, but I'm all, I'm all good now. So thank you to Harry. This was Harry's uh, scheduled Saturday per his contract anyways. So yeah. it was very interesting. <laughs> so what you heard of it when you bailed on it, bailed. Yeah. I listened to like the first half and then like uh, having a toddler on apartment carpet, not Oof. good. So we have a monthly carpet cleaning when uh, she's away. So mm. it looks so nice. I could roll around in it. Mm. But, yeah. So I, I didn't hear the last 20 minutes. That's fine. That's fine. I just kept like uh, listening in, waiting for you guys, you know, to wrap it up. And then it never, I was like, I wonder if they're waiting for me to wrap it up. So yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> we, wrap, like, oh, we were like, we wrapped we wrap up, up like, and we keep like talking. Hour I said, yeah, I was thinking that we could, I said, well, we could keep talking, you know, we could maybe put some of this into the Patreon <laughs> episode or something. I don't know. Who I'll go listen now? back. So, all right. Well, Let's thank you guys it. for hosting. It's fine. No yeah. Uh, yeah. But thank you for listening, even though apparently uh, carpet cleaning is more important to you. Uh, it is. Uh, just wait. Wait till you Sorry. own the carpet. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> it, it, it is the worst. Uh, <laughs> we don't have carpet. We have hardwood floors. My wife won't let us have carpets because animals. Mm-hmm. That's the difference between Gen X and Boomer. Boomers would have put the uh, linoleum indoor carpet over hardwood. How many stores? How many? How many houses I went into and pulled up linoleum and carpet, and there's just beautiful hardwood, and I'm just like, oh man. So all right, all right. So like the house I have, the other house I have, which I thought about turning into like a studio to like to record out of, um, the. This bathroom, there's like linoleum there, and I was like, "Oh, this used to be a bedroom. They turned into a bathroom. I'm sure underneath this linoleum is hardwood." So when I ripped up the linoleum, you know what I got? Saw subfloor. They cut the hardwood floor out and and let exposed a sub like a crappy play with subfloor and the linoleum on top of that. I was like, "That is worse. That is worse." <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> my God. I was like, why would you do that? You <laughs> granted it made it level, but like, but why? Did it just left it? Well, it's a bathroom. Then leave the hardwood. Just leave it. Seal it. Nope. Cut it out. Which worse is they put all right, so like the walls, right? So it's a drywall, right? Because it's a freaking bedroom. They put that stupid knotty pine over the drywall. Like, so it w- the whole room would have been wood on wood on wood on wood. Mm-hmm. But nope, linoleum. Like, and it's like ugly peel. You know, it's not peeling sick tiles. It's like the blah, stuff. It's awful. Just uh, mm. the new stuff now is you just roll it and let it set. You don't even do it. Yeah, yeah that's three times. Yeah, uh, I got that new wood in in my house though. The new wood, uh, it's that it's not really it's not all the way wood. It's more plasticky and stuff like that. So it's like it's so it's nigh indestructible. It's more sealed. <laughs> A lot of people are like oh, but it's not real wood. I'm like I don't need it to be real wood. I'm just walking over it. I'm walking on top of it. I want something that I can easily clean and nigh indestructible. And you know what? I have that. It's so awful. Like I would, I dropped a knife and I was like, "Oh my god!" You know, but it's it's just so it's plastic, just kind of like like a cutting board, you know. And that would have been hardwood. My knife would have went in that piece of wood and been that scratch there for forever and eternity. (laughs) What gives it its character, though? I mean, we did. I did redo the hardwood floors in uh, my places when I I sold my last house, and it was just like, yeah, there's imperfections in the floor, but it's it's character. It brings out some different darkness and the tone and the stain and it's kind of cool as long as it's not like a big ugly blood spots or something you know i, I, I don't <laughs> want try to cover up i don't want character i want nigh indestructibility okay all right all right i think i'm gonna get off here um let's see gunther just got out of swim class and they should be on the way home so i'm gonna get 10 minutes back on my day without the without the girls at the house and just relax and take I it all know. quiet I've got a master brake cylinder I have to replace now. So that's my afternoon as soon as I'm done here. Ouch. I'm sorry. We had to say, we said goodbye. Uh, okay. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. We did that. We did that. We did that. We did that. We literally did that an thanks hour ago. Thanks, everyone, for listening to the Chris Bangle show. We did that literally a half an hour ago. And we were <laughs> waiting for you to stop it, and you didn't stop it. So he's kept talking. You yeah. guys should have just left it, left it running. <laughs> you know, just everybody leave the studio. Just leave the blue screen on the back. Leave it there, blue screen. No, then the blue screen of death means when it came out. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. We'll see you again on Wednesday. <laughs>